and hallelujah. Well, if you love him this morning, put your hands together one time. Give him some praise. He's so good. Amen. Turn around and smile at your neighbor real big. Yeah. Yeah. Tell him you're, you're glad they're here in Jesus' name. You may be seated this morning. Hallelujah. Thank you, team. Appreciate you this morning. Wow. You know, the Holy Spirit is... Um, I think sometimes people, uh, hi, Matt, <laughs> good morning, it's so good, good to see you. Um, you know, the Holy Spirit, as, I, as I'm worshiping uh, the Lord, I think sometimes, you know, people that love the Lord <clears throat> uh, have a hard time understanding the dynamics of the God's omnipresence and his actual manifested presence. And they are two different things. Now, yesterday, most of you were probably somewhere with family enjoying uh, the football game and just celebrating together. And, and you got to know that God was there, right? And you're laughing and you're enjoying, you're having fun. His joy is there. That's God. His, his celebration is there, that's God. His peace is there, that's God. The kids running around, fighting and fussing and getting along, that's God. So God's in all that, but his manifested tangible presence is something that can be measured in a different way. And that's when, like today on a Sunday morning when we gather together as a, as a congregation, as members of his body, we worship him together. We take all of our attention off of the football game and off of the kids running around and off of the turkey and all those things. And we take it and we focus it directly towards him with thanksgiving and gratitude. And then we display worship. We lift our hands. We sing songs. We do our best to keep our mind here and not run off on you. How I many, you know what I'm talking about? It's tough, you know, when we worship together. And uh, when we come together on Sunday morning, just to grab your mind and say, no, this moment belongs, every fiber of my being belongs to worshiping God. And when you get to that place and you're locked in, then you will recognize and witness the presence of God in a different and even more tangible way. That's the Holy Spirit making himself known. The Bible talks about it and says that it's even weighty. The scripture talks about in the Old Testament when the Holy Spirit showed up at worship service that it was so tangible that the priests could not even stand up to minister because the weightiness of the Holy Spirit. So yes, God is omnipresent, Isn't it funny how they tried to turn Santa Claus into God? He knows everybody. He knows if you're naughty or nice. (laughs) He, he, He brings a gift. And then one night of the year, he's everywhere at once distributing those gifts. (laughs) No, listen, God is omnipresent and at the same time, can manifest in a tangible way. And when you realize that and understand that, and if God manifests himself 
in a tangible way to you, you really create a deeper hunger and desire for that because it's in that that you really recognize the depth of the peace of God that he offers, the depth of the rest of God that he really offers, and the joy that Jesus truly offers. But outside of that, he was at your house yesterday rooting for the Buckeyes. I know he was. <laughs> he, sorry, Aaron. He, I know we lost. He was at your house yesterday celebrating around or Thursday around the Thanksgiving table. He was there yesterday when the kids were running around and having fun. He is, he is present in that way. And I'm just so thankful when we find him in a quiet place, it becomes intimate and so much more personal. And in those times, your faith grows. I mean, absolutely grows. You know, when I was, when I was a young man and, and, and single, that was some of the greatest times that I had with God and some of the greatest encounters that I had with God because I had more time and, and personal focus and attention uh, to just develop that relationship. So be intentional, young people, in developing your relationship with God because it will carry you through years and decades of, of highs and lows, excitements and disappointments. You lay that foundation all It'll carry you through. Somebody say amen. 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 So that being said, if if you're just if you're if you're lacking peace, if you're lacking joy, not just on Sunday morning, but maybe on a Tuesday afternoon, try to take just a moment and put on a song if you need to. Take all your focus and all your attention and just turn it towards him. And all of those emotions that you're feeling. And the trepidation that you're going through, they may not just all leave all of a sudden, but there you will find understanding and you will hear it's going to be all right. I see it. I got you. I'm going to carry you through. You're going to make it. I'm victorious. You are in me. I raised from the dead. You're going to raise from the dead. There's going to be a great reunion someday, soon and very soon. Amen? So, so just, just practice that and do that. You know, there was one time, I'll never forget, um, you know, I was young in my walk with Christ and, you know, how you're zealous and you're on fire for God and, and you're, you're, you're running hard after him and you're just, you're just in lockstep with him. I mean, you just there, you wake up with a praise, you go to bed with a praise, you're, you're there with God and, uh. And it's a wonderful, wonderful thing. And you're running hard, and then you stumble. Then you stumble, you stub your toe, and you think to yourself, oh my gosh, I just messed up the last 12 months of just running in perfect lockstep with God. I just, I just, oh Lord. And I remember God as I, I went to him in that moment, and I was actually in a chapel and I was worshiping, and I was feeling bad, and I was feeling grieved, and I was feeling, I was feeling ashamed, and, I was, and my pride was hurt, but I didn't know it was pride at the time. Don't ever think that when God saves you in your mess, 
after he saves you, you can actually do something to get him love, to love you any more than he loved you when he came and got you in your mess. Amen? He, loved, he just loves us. And I just remember worshiping him there and just talking to him and pacing and lifting up my hands to him. And I'm telling you, in that moment, the Holy Spirit, I mean, is tangible uh, evidence that I, that I think I believe I've ever heard. And I'm not saying it was audible, but it was that loud to me. I heard the Holy Spirit say, as I opened up the scripture and was reading, he said, be of good cheer. Thy sins are forgiven you. I'm telling you, in that moment, I broke and I entered into a place of God's holiness. Now, that's a whole nother thing here, and we won't get into all that today. Into his holiness where I, 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 just, I just can't imagine. But in that place, you actually realize that he is God, and he is celestial, and he is omniscient, all-knowing, everywhere at once, and you are not. I mean, when he separates you by manifesting himself and his holiness, you really get an understanding of how great he is, how separate he is, how other he is, and how far away from him you were. And why it took so much. And this is just in a flesh body. I mean, Moses, he said, I can only show my hind self, hinder parts to you. If you saw my face, you would die. I mean, he is awesome. I mean, he's God. He's, Moses said, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of an angry God. Hebrews said, he's a fire from his loins up. And he's a fire from his loins down. He's an all-consuming fire. When we sing about the fire, what's that, what's that actually saying? You're going into the furnace with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego? No, you're asking for God to manifest his holiness in your life. Not just take away your sins, manifest your holiness in your life. And when that happens, you, you just, you, the revelation of God's love and what he did for you just expands beyond your ability to articulate it. He is God and he is awesome. He is alive. Jesus is risen from the dead. The Holy Spirit is here. And he basically says to the church and his children, us as individual, you can have as much of me as you can stand. And as much as you're willing to sacrifice for. He loves us that much. But he doesn't say, well, this one wants me more than that one wants me, so I love this one more. No, it doesn't work like that. He loves us all unconditionally. He is no respecter of persons. He just extends it and says, how much do you want? How bad do you want to know? How much revelation? How much do you want me to reveal myself to you in understanding that goes beyond your intellectual comprehension and must be grabbed onto and held on by faith? I don't know about you, but I want it all. I mean, I, I, I know sometimes I don't act like it. <laughs> sometimes my actions and my intentions and, and my, my behavior are two different things. Can I get a witness up in here? But like David, I have a heart after God. 
He didn't show it watching Bathsheba and killing her husband. But God said he had a heart after him. Man, if you got a heart after God, don't get hung up on 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 stumbles and falls and I wish and I could have and regrets. Just keep the heart after God. And he's there today like he was yesterday and he'll be there tomorrow. Let me just say it this way. It's never too late. I mean, it's just never too late. And when you think, oh my gosh, well, I've wasted so many years. Are you kidding me? We're going to worship God forever. I mean, this is not measured in centuries. This is measured in eternity. I mean, if you pick it up in the last quarter of your life, God's going to pay you the same as the one that picked it up in the first quarter of his life. Isn't that what the parable says? You're going to get the same wage. Why? Because he loves us all the same. He knows we're not all the same, though. He knows we, we're different. He made us all individuals. Our, our fingerprints are different. Our, our DNA is different. I mean, and he knows that. He didn't call us lively bricks that he's building up into a temple. He called us lively stones because we all got a different cut, right? And he can handle that. Can you handle that? Man, he can handle that. So let him chip away and cut away and let him get you. But, but don't, don't live with regret and don't live with I wish. Man, that's just the enemy just trying to push you further back. Well, it's too late now. No, today is the day of salvation. Right now is the appointed time. The Bible says it's not God's will that any sh- would perish, but all should come to the knowledge of God and repent. And just by that one verse alone, we know that God is not exacting his plan on your life based on his will. Because then everybody would be saved and no one would be perished. That's why he says, activate your will. This is my will, but I'm not going to force it on you. Because if I force my will on everybody, no one would perish. But you're an individual created in my image. You have a will. If you pick it up and choose me, oh my goodness, it's going to be good. Amen? Amen. All right. Are you, are you here this morning? You know, I know, I know we just all celebrated Thanksgiving, but I want to take a moment and uh, talk about uh, thanks, thankfulness as we end this, uh, this uh, begin a new week and end the week of Thanksgiving. Open your Bibles to Philippians chapter, chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. I just want you to be encouraged this morning. It's okay. God has, has not left you behind. And God is not mad at you at all. But I do want you to know there's more of him that you can obtain. All right, let's look at Philippians chapter 4. Uh, I guess we can start in verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord. Sometimes. Oh, yeah. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Let your moderation be known unto all men. The Lord is at hand. Yes, he is. Verse 6 says, be careful for nothing, but in some things. Oh, everything. That's right. Everything. But in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. 
And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. You know, there's power in those few verses, and we'll go on and read a few more, and then I have a story I'll tell, and then we're going to pray. Um, talking about the power of thanksgiving. You know, the Bible has a lot to say about thanksgiving. In some verses of Scripture, it talks about thanksgiving being a sacrifice. That's why he said, in all things and everything and all times, give thanks. And in that, he knows that there are going to be times in your life giving thanks to him is going to be a sacrifice. Bring unto the Lord the sacrifice of thanksgiving. What does that mean? There might be things that you're going through in your life right now that you find it hard to be thankful for. And so knowing that it's, you're going through a difficult time and there's situations that you got to face tomorrow or that you may face this afternoon, there's things that, that, that are uh, uh, causing you uh, heartache or, or what have you, it's in those moments where he says, in everything give thanksgiving and bring thanksgiving as a sacrifice of praise. The Bible says that God in that would inhabit the praises of his people. When you give thanks to God in everything and when it is a sacrifice to do so, you can count on God intervening on your behalf. You can count on God manifesting at that moment in that sacrifice and worship. What did God do when the children of Israel would bring sacrifices to him? He came to consume him. So when you bring a sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving to God, when you don't feel thankful, he will come in those moments and he'll consume that sacrifice of thanksgiving. How does he do that? He says he consumes it with his peace. His peace will show up in those moments. His joy will show up in those moments. He will give you peace that will surpass your understanding. In other words, I'm giving thanks to you, God, and I don't feel thankful to you because I don't understand, right? So it's hard to give God thanks when you don't understand that something has happened or something has gone wrong in your life and God knows it happened and God's watching and God allowed it to happen and, and you, you just find it hard. Your feelings are hurting. Your emotions are on a roller coaster and you just don't know what to do in, in those moments. How do I get my peace back? You know, the enemy, he loves to take your peace. He loves to disrupt your home. He loves to take the peace out of your heart. I mean, he'll send things. I mean, uh, you get, you, I'm getting laid off of my job. <gasps> you lose your peace. Um, one of my kids uh, uh, did something crazy. You lose your peace. Uh, um, your spouse and yourself, you're, you're not on the same page. You lose your peace. I, I mean, just go down a litany. Find yourself in that moment where your feelings rise up because of something that happened to you that causes you to lose your peace because you don't understand why it happened. He said, there is a peace that comes when you bring thanksgiving in all things that surpasses your ability to understand. In other words, even if you don't understand, he will give you peace if you bring a sacrifice of praise in your lack of understanding. 
Come on, somebody. Can we just give God some praise right there? I, I know it's hard. Just, just right there. Yeah, I know, I know. He says, and the peace of God. Now, this peace of God is, is something that is far beyond um, the peace that the world gives. Because the scripture says in the book of John, Jesus said, I give you my peace, not as the world gives it to you. In other words, there is peace in the world. There's a worldly peace, a carnal peace, a uh, uh, terrestrial peace, and then there is a, a celestial peace, a, an eternal peace, a spiritual peace. So when he says, I'm going to give you peace that passes under understanding, that's in, in the engagement of eternal peace. That's the engagement of celestial peace. That's the engagement of Jesus' peace. I mean, there ain't nobody that walked this planet that had more opportunity for his peace to be wrecked than Jesus. I mean, and he was a cool customer. I mean, he just cruised right through it. We find out that even when he was in the Garden of Gethsemane, where his peace was probably wrecked more than any time in the recorded Bible, where we find out there in that moment, Jesus going into prayer at the place of the press. He goes in to pray. He comes back out. His disciples are sleeping. He says, can you not tarry one hour? And then he goes back into prayer. And the anguish about of what's getting ready to happen to him, the crucifixion, the realization of what's getting ready to take place, they're getting ready to take me captive. They're getting ready to beat me. They're getting ready to put a crown of thorn on my, thorns on my head. They're getting ready to whip me with the cat of nine tails. They're going to spit on me. They're going to pluck out my beard. They're going to mock me. They're going to parade me through the streets naked and, and ashamed. They're going to, the sins of the world are about ready to be laid upon me. What did he do? He says in that moment, Lord, if there's any way this cup can pass from me, let it be so. In that moment, his flesh was rising up in preservation. Anytime your flesh is facing crucifixion, uh, it's going to rise up to try to preserve itself. Hold on to what it wants. This is the God man. This is the Jesus. This is the God man. You got to know that Jesus, he left the right hand of the Father, and he condescended to men of low estate, and he took the form of human flesh, right? He, he took the form of flesh. Why? Because flesh lost it. Adam lost it. Flesh had to give it back. So although he had the Holy Spirit, he was not the omnipresent God. He said, I've got to, I can't, I can't go into this city and he wept and I can't go into this city and he wept and uh, he, he was confined. He was embodied. So he had the challenges of a, living inside of a human body. So we find for the first time in scripture that Jesus, the will of the father and the will of Jesus, they, they diverged from one another. But what did he do? He said, nonetheless, not my will be done, thy will be done. He came back out, and they were sleeping again. He went back to the garden. He prayed again. He offered up thanksgiving. He offered up prayer. He offered up praise in the garden at his most terrible time. And the Bible says the third time he came out, his forehead was like flint, and he marched towards. He gained his peace back 
in the garden where he was in trepidation. His emotions, his will, the human side of him was, was engaged in a battle, the battle for eternity. Jesus really didn't win it on the cross. He won it in the garden. Not my will, thy will be done. So sometimes you have to win it before it even happens. In other words, you got to make up your mind. I'm going to praise him no matter what. I'm going to play out the worst scenario and I'm still going to worship him. I've played out the worst scenario. It is the will of the Father. It is my will. From the foundation of the world, Christ, it is my will. My flesh rose up. I subdued my flesh. I made up my mind that I'm going to go forward in God before the sacrifice ever even happened. Man, it truly is a battle of the mind. You know, there's saying that there's, there is a, there's power in a made-up mind. Sometimes you just got to make up your mind. It is a battle of the will. Faith itself hinges on the will. What did Thomas say? I will not believe. Faith is a choice. That's why highly intellectual atheists have a real hard time grabbing a hold of the reality of God and the love that he has for humanity because it isn't based on intellectual prowess and scientific diagnosis. Faith is a choice. you got to choose to believe. You can either believe it or you don't have to believe. You can either believe that it's going to be okay or it's not going to be okay. You can either believe that Jesus raised from the dead or he didn't raise from the dead. You, you, you get to choose to, to believe. And Jesus won't force his will to get you to choose him. Right? He gave that to you. I choose to offer sacrifice of thanksgiving. I choose to praise him when it doesn't feel good. I choose to worship him when things are going crazy all around me. I've already made up my mind. I played out the worst scenario, and if the worst scenario happens, it doesn't matter because I done made up my mind. I'll, I'm going if 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 it if it turns out that way, I've made up my mind. I'm going to walk through it. I've made up my mind. I'm going to face my giant. I've made up my mind. I'm going to live through it. And if it kills me, I know I'm going to raise up from it on the other side. <laughs> Come on, somebody, give God some praise this morning. You're going to get. You're going to get through this. Now, here's something very interesting following up on that scripture. In verse 8, it gives us kind of an insight to what Paul was thinking when he was writing to the church of Philippi about uh, being thankful and how to maintain your peace and how to uh, maintain uh, peace when you don't understand. He says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. This is so so, so powerful. And uh, I don't know about you, but I have really, really fallen short uh, in this area many, many times in my life. Uh, And as a result of that, losing my peace, 
losing direction, uh, teetering on, on hope, uh, when hope is the future, not keeping our minds on the right thing is very powerful. I'll give you a personal example. Going through uh, COVID in the last few years, um, you know, at looking at scripture prophetically and the things that are unfolding and the things that are uh, uh, taking place and all of the evil reports that are on social media and on and the news media and all of these things, even though they line up with scripture, it's good to be informed about that. But it's not good to keep thinking on those things. And the more I was engaging those things in Scripture and just coming alive with revelation and understanding of prophecy, which is a good thing, accepting the knowledge, at the same time, it can take your mind in a place that um, is uh, not of a good report, causing you to lose your peace, causing you to lose direction. Causing you to sit around and wait on the next shoe to drop, right? The next shoe is going to drop whether you sit around and wait on it or not, right? It's coming. So like those uh, four lepers that were sitting outside of the gate in Samaria, why sit we here and die, <laughs> right? We can go inside and face our giant, or we can just die right here of starvation. But they decide, well, we're just not going to sit here, wait for it to happen. They decide to get up and do something. And I think as a church, in these last days, we can't sit around and wait for something to happen. We got to get on up and live. We got, Jesus said, still said, I've came to give you life and life more abundantly. That's not changed. No matter what state you find yourself in. And you know, sometimes it's hard to gain that understanding. When we know our brothers and sisters are in challenges all around the world in different uh, places, and, and we know that, that just gives us opportunity because we're in a position where our spirits are strong. We're not in an oppressed place where it's hard to pray. We're not in an oppressed place where, where, where it's hard to, hard to get up every day. We're in a place of opportunity that we can pray for those who can't pray for themselves because they don't have the strength. They're too depressed. They're too oppressed. They're too imprisoned in heart. We got to look at that and say, say uh, God, here we are. We got strength we can intercede for those people. We can pray for those people. We can ask God that your Holy Spirit minister to those people, that you strengthen them in their trial, strengthen them in their, in their uh, persecution, strengthen them, Lord God, that they'll have the strength and the stamina, the character, and your grace will be with them that will enable them to take it all the way, whatever it takes. There might be a time in your life in the future where you can't pray, you don't feel like praying, you can barely get the words out, your body's racked with pain, you don't even have the strength to pray, your spirit is crushed. There's a brother and sister somewhere on the other side of the world that may not even have close to the material possessions that you have, but they got strength of spirit that could be interceding for you. It matters. It matters. 
So instead of focusing and feeling bad and waiting for a shoe to drop on you, rise up and pray for those that can't pray for themselves right now because there might be a time you need it and what you sow, you shall also reap. And you might reap it, but you may not reap it where you sowed it, but just make sure that you sowed it and God will make sure that you reap it in your time of need. Come on, somebody. One more time. Put your hands together. Give God some praise. And there might be time in the future, you know, living in a country and things that are going on that, that the evil reports just keep coming in and, and things keep happening. And it could just bring it to your personal uh, place in your life and your family. You might just get an evil report and another evil report and, and those kind of things. And emotional pain and emotional trauma. Um, we have to get back to that. There's nothing new. We have to get back to reeling in our mind and think on something else. Not ignore it, be aware of it, but take our mind and think on something else if you want to keep your peace, if you want to keep your joy, if you want to keep a posture where you are actually in a place where you can be used by God. See, the enemy, he wants to, he wants to um, immobilize everybody. Even the ones that aren't immobilized, he wants to get you immobilized in your mind, even though you're not immobilized. Like I said, we got brothers and sisters that are immobilized. They're, they're pinned down. And if we, if we sit there and think, oh, my gosh, that's going to happen to us too, you're already immobilized. Yeah. No, we're not. No, we're not. We've got the Holy Ghost. We've got opportunity. We've got the Word of God. We've got corporate worship. And we've got the power of prayer, the power of corporate prayer, the power of praying individual, the power of uh, intercessory prayer, the power of the prayer of thanksgiving. We can do this. Turn and ever say, you can do it. Yeah, I don't want the enemy taking my peace because I'm wait, sitting around waiting for him to do to me what he's done to somebody else. Come on, somebody. I ain't having it. Turn your neighbor and say, I ain't having it. Yeah. Yeah. So, rise up, people of God. So, think on these things. Whatsoever is of good report. Oh, man, that one kind of smacked me right in the head. Because I, I, I think on things, you know, as, as looking at prophecy, I was thinking on more things of the evil report than of a good report. Okay, well, this is an evil report of what's happened prophetically, but the good report is Jesus has already won. He has already overcome. He's going to see me through it. He's going to make a way where there appears to be no way. He's going to give me peace that surpasses understanding. He's going to fill me up with joy unspeakable and full of glory. And if I find myself in prison, I'm still going to praise him. So just kind of making that little shift, I mean, for me, it was very, very important uh, to make that shift because mentally, he can imprison you, and we refuse. Someone say glory. All right, one story here. We got just a little bit of time. One story. Go over to uh, talking about the power of, of thanksgiving one more time and the power of gratitude and thanks. Uh, go to Luke uh, chapter 17, and we'll start at verse 11. You know, there's a saying that says your, your gratitude more than your aptitude determines your altitude. I think it's very, there, there's so much power in, in, in uh, gratitude, being grateful. And um, 
you know, living, living as, a, as a believer in America, uh, we, we shouldn't run short on gratitude. But I think sometimes we, we do. We, we, we feel um, uh, a little, un, we, we become a little ungrateful. But it really isn't hard to take, take a shift and, and count your blessings. Uh, we, we are truly, truly a blessed people. You know, one of the things that I think has sustained me more than anything through the years is my gratitude. I'm just grateful. You know, I, was, I was sharing some stories with, with uh, Victoria and Darian the other night of how far God has brought me and the things he's, he's brought me out of. And when he brought me out of those things, I, I don't know what happened other than to say, immediately at my salvation and my deliverance, there was something just intrinsically imparted to me of gratefulness. I am grateful that God delivered me. You know, there's an old saying, much forgiven, much love. Uh, Much forgiven, much love. And I think much forgiven also, much gratitude. I mean, if someone relieves you of a, uh, you know, a hundred dollar debt and then someone else relieves you of a of a hundred thousand dollar debt you're going to be more grateful for the one that relieved you of the hundred dollar debt no the, oh much more grateful oh, oh yeah can i get a witness somebody get rid of those school loans jesus <laughs> you're going to be much, much more grateful. And so just be grateful. And, and you know, I've always said this, and, and Jennifer, you know, in, in our histories in our past, you know, she's developed a, 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 a gratefulness for the things of God uh, coming from a different uh, upbringing and raised in a Christian home. Because she got a revelation, number one, that good people don't make it to heaven. Then number two, is it harder for God to deliver a guy like Jim Hughes from drug addict, from drugs and addiction on the west side of Columbus, or to keep some little uh, smiley, freckle-faced girl in Covington, Ohio, from all those things? Right? Same power, same God. He kept you from it. You're great. You, 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 if you didn't come out of addiction, you need to be grateful he kept you from that. Right? But if you came and de- were delivered from addiction, you need to be grateful that he delivered you from that. Same God, same love, same power, same purpose. I'm rescuing my children from a great evil. I'm grateful. So if you don't have that, then my, my kids, they all got a testimony. Some are stronger than the others. Some are, some are not so strong, but they all got a testimony, but they're all grateful. We just got to be grateful. We're thankful. We're grateful. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Here, here's one thing. I mean, living in the world that we live in now, like it's like two alternate universes. I'm grateful that I am woke. Whoa. I mean, I know a lot of people that are walking around with the blinders on, and it's harder now than ever to get them blinders off. I'm grateful out of the 8 billion people that walk this planet and the 1 billion people that might be 1 billion people that are born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, and on their way to heaven. Ah, can you? How grateful should you be? 
God chose you in this moment in time to know the truth. When billions of people are walking around blind and reaching and grabbing for fables to hold on to hope. When you got Christ in your heart, the author of hope living in you. Oh, I'm grateful. All right, let's look at this. Verse 11, and it came to pass as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And he entered into a certain village. There met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when, they, when he saw them, he said unto them, Go show yourselves unto the priest. Now right there was a, was a direct command, a, com, a direct commandment, uh, and a direct command that required faith right when he said it. Because there's a reason these lepers were standing afar off. They were unclean. They were not allowed to go to the temple. They were not allowed to go to the priest. They were not allowed to hang out. I mean, remember the woman with the issue of blood? She was unclean. And she wasn't leprous, but, but she had an issue of blood. She was not allowed in society, in that culture. They were, they were outcast if you were lepers. Obviously, you don't want to spread your leprosy into the whole community. I mean, there's a reason uh, for some of that. But when he said, go your, show yourself to I mean, at that moment, you've got to think to yourself as I will go show myself to the priest. I'm not allowed in the temple. I'm not even allowed to walk through the city that get, leads me to the temple. But he says, go show yourself to the priest. So immediately they had to make up their mind. Are right, we going to listen to what he said? Wait a minute, we called on him. Are we going to listen to him now? <laughs> How many times did we call on the Lord and he says something, but we don't listen to him? Yeah, right? So they called on the Lord, have mercy, master. And at that moment, they had to determine whether they were going to listen. Well, good for them. They did. He said, go show yourself to the priest. And it came to pass, watch this, Jesus knew this. They didn't know this. They thought cleansing would come when they got to the priest. Jesus knew what was going to happen next. They didn't know this. They had to step out in faith. And what did he say? As they went. Not when they got to the priest, but when they initiated that step in the right direction at his command, they were cleansed. Jesus wasn't going to present them to the priest. He knew, as lepers, he knew that was against the law. Sometimes Jesus might take you in a direction that doesn't seem right, but as you go, he's going to make it right so you can accomplish the task that he asked you to do. Step out, somebody. I mean, don't call on him and ask him and then don't do what he, why do you call me Lord, Lord? And do not the things that I tell you. 
So if he asks you to do something and you do it as you go, it begins. He says, so, so what, what, do you, what do you mean? Sometimes, go show myself to the priest. What's that going to change? I ain't even allowed to go to the priest. Well, go, 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 go over here and apply for this job or go over here and, and, and do thus and such and go. I've already done that. I've already tried that. Cast your nets on the other side of the boat, Peter. I've, I've been fishing all night and toiling all night. I, I've already done all that. But gee, when Jesus says it, it's different. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's different. different. Yeah. When Jesus says, go show yourself to the priest, he's not asking you to break the law. He's just seeing if you're going to obey and ignite the power of faith that will answer the request that you made of him. Do you got the faith to do it? I'll give you the command, and if I can see the faith as you go, you're going to be cleansed. <laughs> what he say to the four bearing their 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 friend on a cart he opened they opened up the the lid or the roof of the house where jesus was sitting because there's too big of a crowd for them to walk through the front door so their four buddies took their crippled friend and said we got to get him before jesus so they climbed up on the roof how many remember that story i don't want to preach in my mind and think you're with me <laughs> You remember that story where they bore the four and they took him up on the roof. They tore the roof off of the house and they lowered him to Jesus. What did Jesus say? The scripture says he saw their faith. You can see faith. God can see faith. God can see your faith. That's why he says, when I return, will I find faith? Will I be able to see anything? Are they going to be preparing themselves? Are they going to be loving me? Are they going to be worshiping me? Are they going to be entangled so much with the cares and the affairs of the world? I don't, I don't see them operating in my word. So, as they went, so if you got a situation and you've read something in the word of God that gives you an, an instruction about what to do next, Pertaining to your marriage, your life, your relationships, your finances, your job, your future, your hope. If you see something in scripture, I mean, this is our compass. This is our guide. Every, every question you have, there's an answer in here. And you find that answer. You've sought it out in the Lord. And you got a witness in the spirit. This is what I need to do. The moment you take a step towards it, 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 it may not change immediately. But as, what do you say, as they went, as they went, they might have been a mile from the priest, as they went, it ignited faith. They were cleansed. It might have been, it might have been their fingers the first quarter mile. It might have been their feet the second quarter mile. It might have been their face the third quarter mile. It might have been the rest of their body. But, time, but by the time they got to where Jesus told them to go, they were cleansed. Right? Very important. But it gets better than that. Turn your neighbor, tell him it gets better than that. 
<laughs> There's more. Say it isn't so. Tryptophan is kicking in. <laughs> oh. Look what he says here, and we'll finish this up. Go show your way. And as they went, they were cleansed. Man, Lord, help us grab a hold of that. Help us see that. I mean, I, I, it just it went off in us. Uh, help, help, help it be more than just that little revelation. Help, it, help us put that into practice, Father. I pray right now in Jesus' name. When you say it as I go, ignite that faith. Ignite that faith. And verse 15, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back with a loud voice, glorifying God. How many were there? How many did they start with? How many came back? Ain't that some? A little lack of gratitude there, right? For everyone that has gratitude, there's 10. It's like, it's about time. <laughs> Been waiting on you way too long. About time, God. <laughs> It just shows a difference. That's a human nature. There are people that are like that. Some of us are like that. You can tell one child. How many got multiple kids? You can really recognize there is a difference in levels of gratitude. <laughs> oh, I won't call names. Hey, Marty, I was listening to this girl the other day on... Uh, TikTok, she, she did this little thing. She said, uh, she was like 21, 22, moved out of the house. She said, if somebody came up to you today and said, I'm going to pay your rent for the next 18 years and buy your food for the next 18 years, you would do anything for them. <laughs> and she opened her eyes, she said, I got to go call my mom. <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> hey, well, I feel you there, brother. I, I feel you. There. Yeah, I, I could get some, I could go 25. <laughs> yeah, get insurance in 26. I go 26. In the closed. Oh. Well, we were talking about gratitude, right? Moving right along, children. <laughs> and then one of the children. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's probably Abigail's, Abigail's claiming it. it I'm the one. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm the one. <laughs> now, nine of you are lying. <laughs> All right, we're finishing this. I'm done. <laughs> and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, he turned back with a loud voice, glorified God, and fell down on his face at his feet, giving thanks. Power of thanksgiving, gratitude. And he was a Samaritan. Listen, God wasn't even Jew. Jesus came for the lost sheep of Israel. 
Salvation didn't come to the Gentile until after Holy Ghost. This guy had faith. And he, and Jesus was amazed at the gratitude of somebody outside of the family. Right? Didn't he say, I did not come but for the lost sheep of Israel? When, but his plan was that the ungrateful chil, uh, children that he spoiled all those years, rejected him when he came, he used it as an opportunity to extend salvation to the world. It was ungratefulness that got you saved. Right? You'll get it on the way home. They were ungrateful. They felt like they deserved it. I'm entitled. It's mine. But the Sumerian, who knew that he wasn't entitled, who knew that at best he was a half-breed, came back and he said, and Jesus answered and said, Where there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said unto him, watch this, he gets more. He gets more. You mean you might got your healing, but your lack of gratitude cost you something. It might get you salvation, but if you lack gratitude and thanksgiving, it can cost you. He said, go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. W-H-O-L-E. The step of faith got him healed. The gratitude of worship and, and faith got him whole. It's one thing to be healed. It's another thing to be made whole. Right? I mean, we could even break it down to what leprosy does. I mean, it'll stub your fingers, stub your nose, take your earlobes off and cut, take your toes off. I mean, it's nasty. It'll eat your skin away. I mean, and you can be healed of your leprosy and still have a couple missing toes, half your nose still gone, one of your ears fell off, but you don't have any leprosy. But you still show the effect of leprosy because you weren't grateful. <laughs> we can tell you had it once because you weren't grateful. You thought you were entitled. You deserved it. This is the power of Thanksgiving, church. But this man, he said, you're healed, but I'm going to give your ear back. I'm going to give your face back. I'm going to give your fingers back. I'm going to give you your toes back. They ain't even going to know you had leprosy. Lord, have mercy. How many like to have that kind of gratitude that is recognized by God as faith? 
he came and gave thanks and worship to God because he was grateful. Jesus in the next verse said, I see it as faith. Thy faith. He didn't say thy gratitude. Thy faith has made you whole. But it was an act of gratitude that Jesus received as faith. So the more grateful you are, the more faith God sees. And I can testify to that. I have been able to hold on to my faith steadfastly, not because of the miracles I've seen, not because of the restoration I've seen, not because of the people I've preached to, the crowds that I've seen, not because of all the things that I've seen. That didn't help me hold on to my faith. It's my gratitude from knowing where I was and who I was and where I could end up. It's the understanding that I was a leper and I was an outcast of the kingdom. I had no right to get there. I had no pass. I had no ticket. I had no way in. And then in my leprosy, he healed me and I was grateful and he made my life whole. Come on, somebody. Oh. Oh, yeah, let's, let's just take a moment and pray. Come on up. I appreciate you guys. Oh. I just want to pray today. And we all have, and I'm going to be honest with you, I could be more grateful. Um, I just want to catch myself in moments where I've lost my peace or I've, I don't understand. I want, I want to catch myself in that moment. I want to catch my mind in that moment and go back and be grateful for what I do have. Be grateful for what I didn't lose. Be grateful for what remains. He'll see that as faith. He will bring healing and he will make you whole. And that's how your faith grows. Sure, it comes by hearing and hearing of the word of God. But if you hear the word of God without gratitude, it might get you in. But there's no guarantee you'll be made whole. Hallelujah. Let's stand for just a moment. Let's just reflect right now as there's situation you, you might be watching online or you hear this morning, you're thinking, you know, yeah, it's rough. I don't understand. But Lord, I do want to come back and be grateful and thank you. Offer the sacrifice of praise. Father God, we just pray right now. Give us a heart of gratitude. No matter what we're facing or what we're going through or what we might see tomorrow. I want to be grateful for what you've already done. Heal my heart, Lord.
and make me whole. Some of you might be healed, but you need to be whole. Make me whole, Lord. Yes, Lord.